Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. So today's podcast is called Spiritual Intimacy and the Five Steps to Experiencing It. So the notes from this podcast is going to be found on my website um, under the podcasts. And for the five tips, if you want to go back and read today's podcast, you can at katesaintclair.com and just go to the podcasts and it's under the spiritual intimacy and the five steps to experiencing it. So this is a very, very, um, what's the word? This is a big subject in so many of my clients and students' lives. It's this uh, intimacy that we we crave, but don't necessarily know how to get there in the relationships that mean the most to us. Um, so my observation, both personal and professional is that the people that we love the most, um, people typically are the most separated from, you know, so there's a lot of patterns in my family where you treat strangers or friends superior to your children or your family members. Um, and I, you know, over the years, my observation and through my study, it's like, um, it's because you put your best face forward socially. And then because maybe you didn't show up as authentically as you would have liked, if, if you knew how to do that, you come home and take that out on the family. <laughs> or, you know, these people with precious titles are supposed to love you. So they should be able to love you no matter what your attitude. And in my spiritual awakening, I considered either a, an awakening or a crisis, depending on sort of how I feel about what I went through in 2010. Um, it was this fight to understand and to get to, I wanted to, and I needed to treat myself and my family and my friends the best I knew how. And that starts with knowing how to treat yourself. Um, so if you're past your boundaries and if you're lying in any even small way, um, cause you're, you, maybe you don't want your friend to not like you cause you didn't say something right, or you didn't do something the way you thought they did. There's always like a personal price for that. So these five steps that we're going to talk about today are the five steps that I was taught with my spirit by my spirit guides in 2010, when I was finally ready to be who I am on this planet and to have the most meaningful relationships I could and can with the people that I love the most. Um, so, uh, this is, you know, a story on how this looks when I'm, working with a client or a friend, you know, a friend of mine will say that her daughter doesn't understand her. And, um, you know, it's, you just feel like you're not understood. And there, it's just what I've learned and experienced and I teach and I see evidence that this is true is that it's just never too late to start. And yes, as you start this process, you will know whether the other person is somebody you can be intimate with or not, right? Depending on how they respond to, um, you know, the new boundaries or the new way that you come to the table with who you are. 
So my spirit guides defined spiritual intimacy as um, spiritual intimacy is when we are completely revealed to ourselves and or another person. So when I'm like, this is where I've come to in my life. When I get together in my group, I host a psychic group every other week. And, or if I meet my friends for coffee or for lunch, um, I'm fully there. I'm fully myself and I'm fully there. Um, I, I hide nothing from the group because again, I lead a group of psychics. (laughs) So, um, I think it's also important to say if you are psychic and therefore if you, you know, if you're psychic, chances are your children are as well or sensitive, right? Um, if you are psychic, chances are your friends are as well, like highly sensitive. Um, otherwise you don't necessarily, um, relate to people that aren't as psychic or as sensitive as you. That's not to say you can't be friends with people like that. Certainly that's not what I'm saying, but (laughs) excuse me, I'm sorry. You tend to attract people like you. So I always say the cruelest thing you can do to a psychic is lie to us because on some level we're already scanning or tuning in to the truth of every situation. Uh, we learn to do that naturally as a habit, as a child. Um, so if you're withholding, and again, you can have your secrets. That's not what I'm saying here either, but it is, um, if you're at a group or if you're at lunch or coffee or with your family, the psychic knows something's wrong. So if you say nothing, that doesn't feel good to the psychic. So what I've taught my family to say to me is, um, like, especially with my children, cause I want to have a boundary with them cause they have the right to have their own thoughts and feelings. And maybe they don't always want to talk to me about it. Although most of the time they do. Um, but if they don't, they'll just say, I'm just having a lot on my mind, mom, or, I'm trying to figure something out or so they'll say, Oh, you know, they'll validate me. Yeah. You're definitely tuning into something. And then they'll let me know how they're coping with it or what have you. Or, um, people tend to tell me everything because <laughs> I can go anywhere with people, but you know, not everybody can, and it's not your job to have to go everywhere. And it's not everybody's, um, job to tell you everything. So, you know, we're, what we're sort of trying to achieve is just honesty. And that's not like, everything on the table, but it's a, it's an acknowledgement that the energy or, well, I'd say energy, but some people call it vibes that you are picking up, that you have so much intimacy that you can language that like what's wrong, or I feel like you're uncomfortable or, you know, respectfully saying that and to have so much intimacy for the other person that you can either tell them what's going on or honor that they're feeling something truthful and then let them know you're thinking about something or you got it or whatever. Right. So, um, the word intimacy is mainly connected to the body in our society, but spiritual intimacy is far more vulnerable and life affirming than I would say anything the body has to offer. Although other people would debate me on that. (laughs) Some people like try to experience intimacy through the body, which is valid for sure. But what we're talking about is spiritual intimacy. So, um, 
to be fully who you are and to not hide and shift around in shame or blame and to acknowledge and accept the good and the bad that we've been through and the role we've played or didn't play in that. That's what spiritual intimacy is. It's easier for us to offer that to our girlfriends because things like loyalty and money and sex and expectations don't typically get in the way of healthy friendships. Um, so there's like so much more space for you to just be yourself because there isn't this sort of gaining and loss thing going on as they can be in our, um, I call them highly titled relationships. So and again, going back to my skin cancer awakening was just that it was the first time. So we're going back to 2010. It was the first time in my life that I could and did take an honest look at who I was and what I had been through. I finally had to know myself. I had to know who the hell I was. I had to accept what I, who I am, what I was born to do. I, you know, by then all the roles that were, all the roles that I was born to play were pretty laid down by then. Um, so what are we talking about? I was, um, you know, thirties, late thirties. No, <laughs> no, early, early thirties, if not late twenties. So, you know, I was a mom, I was already a public psychic and I was just really f still fighting that I was born to be a public psychic. I did not want to be that at the time. And so that skin cancer helped me just fully accept this is who I am. These are the things I'm good at. These are the things I was born to do. So I had to surrender to who I was and what I was born to do. And I had to forgive myself for the lies that I told myself because I couldn't look at the truth for so long. And from that foundation, I was able to access the spiritual intimacy within myself it's the foundation of all my personal relationships today. I, uh, I come to my chosen friends and family bare and revealed and I love myself and I love them and I love us all too much to tell them a lie anymore. That's how I feel when I'm talking about spiritual intimacy. All right, let's get into the five steps of or to spiritual intimacy. Uh, number one, this is the one that just changed everything for me. Number one is accept the truth, accept the truth of who you are. So for example, I am sensitive, I'm psychic, and these two things play a huge part in every situation I'm in. Nothing hurts a psychic more than lying to us. And if you're speaking to me in a cruel tone, I don't like it. And if you're not being empathetic, I don't understand you. And that frustrates me. So knowing my two driving forces helps me communicate my point of view so that I don't keep spitting out while trying to connect to somebody. So in our family, my son is so much like me, um, in his sensitivity, in his tone, in his passion, in his, he and I love asking questions and we love answering questions. And so my husband and my daughter, whose personalities are very similar, um, you know, they don't like questions. There's just something fundamental about their being or they're both angels. So maybe that's what's going on, but they don't like questions. They don't like being questioned. They don't like asking questions. <laughs> it's really interesting, you know, so when I 
in 2010, when I started this, like, who am I? Who are you? And what is the truth? And I, I, I feel like, you know, when we're young or just because of the society, there's somewhere along the way, you're supposed to be something, this like imagined thing, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And as I've shared with my friend, John, who was like this six foot tall guy, but he was so tender hearted, he needed to have been accepted from that point of view. Like he's so sensitive. The the height of the body was kind of a non-issue in certain ways. And then, yeah, maybe you would engage him on a, can you carry this? Like, <laughs> so I, I talk about this a lot, even still, not only through my students, but it, my children are old enough to sort of see how different they are. And where if my son will ask my daughter a question, she'll bite his head off. And, um, I have to go back into this conversation with them a lot, especially as we're all home together through COVID. Um, so we are together a lot. Uh, it's people have to ask questions sometimes. Some people love questions and it's literally just a question. It's not a statement on your intelligence. It's not a challenge to what you know or not. It's just literally, um, why are you doing that? And on the other side, uh, my son doesn't understand why they don't ask questions, right? Like, aren't you interested in what I'm thinking? Aren't you interested in how my day went? And it's this honoring that, um, the truth is that we are just different. And so it's important for you to know who you are and therefore it's our jobs when we know who we are to help teach and talk to our loved ones that that's just how we are. Now, sometimes can we do better at certain things? Sure. You know, like not everybody is always excited for questions. So if I'm in really the mood for, to interview people and they're not up for it, then they just need to say, Hey, I just, I can't handle the interview today. And I go, Oh, okay, that's cool. But I have to acknowledge that I'm in the mood for that. Cause that's who I am and acknowledging that other people aren't always where I am. Okay. The second step to spiritual intimacy is acknowledge the truth. So acknowledging the truth of what happened. Um, so for example, I literally see people poke at another person and they get pissed off when the other person gets pissed off that you've been poking them. You know, it's like, it's just unbelievable. So we must be vigilant, not vigilant, we must be, well, is that vigilant? <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. My brain and words aren't necessarily working wonderfully today, but I'm still right here with you and I'm still going to talk to you today. <laughs> but we must be vigilant, right? That is the word, at acknowledging the truth. So if you didn't do anything, you know, stand up for yourself. And if you were in a silly mood and joked with someone who wasn't in a silly mood, just own up and apologize so that everybody can move on, right? The point is to acknowledge the truth and to take action from that point forward. You know, are you owed an apology? Ask for one. Do you owe an apology? Give one. I mean, the truth of the truth of reality helps keep that spiritual intimacy flowing. Okay. Number three, the third step to spiritual intimacy is surrender. So surrendering to the truth, whatever it may be. 
as you can see, the theme here is the truth. And often we are in so much denial that we can't even put our finger on what the original problem was, if you will. Um, and if you even talk about it, well, nobody's really being honest or truthful. So it just spins out into a whole mess of nothingness. So there is a theme of, and the theme is observing and being in the presence of the truth of the situation. So I mean, to really simplify it, it, we, we, you know, what we would say is it was what it was. It is what it is. And people waste years pretending or thinking about or pondering what could have been. So, you know, the saying people are doing the best they can. <laughs> I have a saying, and my saying is people are often doing the worst they can. Now that's harder to swallow, isn't it? But in my decade plus of working with clients, some are, some people are just cruel and no amount of cute sayings or, you know, pretending or wishing will change that. Can we surrender to the, the people that we have relationships with that we're trying to be cruel and hurtful? Can we surrender to the truth of that? If that is what the truth is, then we must, right? None of us get out of this life unscathed from harm or cruelty. It's a natural part of this reality. And you will overcome all of it once you surrender to the truth of whatever you've been through. Right? So the big summary of this third point is to surrender to the truth is the truth and not get caught up or lost in pondering what could have been. The truth is the truth. I get, you know, one more point on that to make sure that I am articulating the point of the third step is, I think it was Dr. Phil's Self Matter book. Um, it really helped me understand that I lived in a constant state of what if. So I think I had this underlying belief system that if I was smarter or kinder or, um, you know, if I knew all these things then my family could heal and change. And so I spend decades reading and studying and trying to say something differently, or maybe not lose my temper this time, uh, say it with compassion and ease. Um, doing those things actually just pissed many of those people off even more because how dare I have a boundary? How dare I articulate something that is truthful? How dare I think I know anything was sort of this cycle of, um, denial that I lived in. And so that book really helped me understand like, wake up, this is what they're doing. And I have to make decisions today based off of what is true today. So Dr. Phil doesn't say it that way. And, um, it took me a long time to, to experience it that way, but that transformation comes from surrendering to the truth. I have many clients and what they deal with is a family full of addiction and if they live in the someday they'll get clean and someday they'll get smart and someday they'll whatever, then you're not dealing with the effects of today. And often the guides will bring us back to what needs to happen today so that my client can start to heal and manage what they are going through either in themselves 
or with the people that they love. Okay, the fourth step is forgive. Forgive the truth of the situation. And I come back to Dr. Phil's book. Dr. Phil defines forgiveness as whether someone wronged you or made a decision you regret. Dr. Phil says that forgiveness is what you do for yourself, not for other people. Uh, when you forgive, it doesn't mean that you approve of what happened. Forgiveness is a choice and don't wait for it just to wash over you all of a sudden. So I look at forgiveness like this. I forgive myself for having been too little and voiceless to tell people the truth. And I forgive myself that I didn't trust the untrustworthy people I was around to help me when I was afraid. And I forgave myself for not loving myself enough to get in the car with somebody who I knew on some level would hurt me. And I had to forgive myself for being too much of a doormat not to be taken advantage of for so long in my life. And I had to forgive myself for not telling my husband I was beyond exhaustion and needed some freaking help. So forgiveness has so much more to do with ourselves and what the situation was that put us in the state of whatever it is, pain, danger, uh, I don't know. You know, the the states are endless that we go through um, when we are in a position that we need to forgive. So spiritual forgiveness is between you and God, and that's all you need to release the pain, shame, and guilt. And if you practice self-forgiveness all the time, you can free yourself from the lies of perfection that make people deflect the accountability and never ask for forgiveness in the first place. Like, I, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, there are some people that will never acknowledge, um, they will never acknowledge a single thing they did. And some of that is because they think that they should have been perfect. Therefore, anything other than your fabulous is just not something they can talk about. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. So we're coming to the last one. The fifth step to spiritual intimacy is the almighty of this conversation. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> Trust that you are able to handle whatever your loved ones are going through and they can handle whatever you are going through. Now, as a little aside, um, it is not children's jobs to take care of adults. So with this one, be discerning about that. So trust. When I, uh, for example, let me see. I think I'll, I remember my, I met, well, for example, I, when I meet my friends for lunch, I meet friends that are also psychics. So I am ready to put things on the table. Like we can hardly wait for orders to be made before we all launch into a story. And it's like we just wait patiently to get to tell our story because we know that everyone is here to witness and know each other. <laughs> and all eyes are on the one speaking and nothing else exists. And they have my full attention and I drive to the restaurant expecting this type of intimacy, right? It's like ready to reveal and ready to witness just fully. And often our coffees or lunches can go on three, four hours. And it was like we were in this little time capsule because we get so lost in the presence, in the intimacy of that moment with each other. Like 
I would be totally offended if they came to impress me and um, I would be offended if they said stuff that they think I would enjoy or like or I'd be offended if they were going through a lot and they didn't want to tell me just because they didn't want to bother me with what they're going through. That's not intimacy. That's approval. That That's um, not revealing yourself because you want me to approve of you or thinking so little of my capacity. You know, if you don't, if you don't have that intimacy, you are knowing that that other person can't handle you where you are. So I can handle them wherever they are and I can handle whatever they have to say. And because we have that intimacy, I know they can handle me wherever I am and where whatever I have to say. I mean, we can talk about deaths and demons and husbands and kids and fears and dreams, trip to Paris, trips to Paris and everything in between. And I can handle it. And that's what makes it a spiritual intimacy. Um, it's that come as you are and leave all masks at home. And they trust that I can handle it. And I trust that they can handle it, whatever it is. And we can Um, The question is, can we have that with our husbands? Can we have that with our children, particularly our grown children? Can we have that intimacy with a renegotiated relationship with a parent? And the answer is yes. With these five steps, we can have this level of intimacy, trust, and connection. And of course, there are people and relationships that will never be able to reach this level. And that's okay, too right? That's just reality. I mean, we don't need spiritual intimacy with everyone, just ourselves and the ones that make our souls sing. And above all, the final point on this podcast today is to have that intimacy above all with yourself and your life to know who you are, to, to know what motivates you, to know what you need from life and from the relationships within it. And, um, you know, you can even create spiritual intimacy with what you've been called to do. And, or like, for example, I have a very intimate relationship with writing and with my work and, when I am honoring what I have to say and the time it takes to say it and that I show up for my work every day and sit in my office, which is where I have this relationship primarily with this part of myself, um, that showing up creates that intimacy. And again, it can be with your work. It can be with your art. It can be with if you express yourself or your purpose through clothing or through design or through humor. It doesn't matter. Um, the intimacy is the, just the full bareness and revealing yourself to whatever feeds your life, whatever intimacy that you are required to have with that part of yourself in this world. So I know these concepts yet simplistic are so complex in the animating of them, um, especially if you have some old programming to overcome. So um, 
while listening to this podcast, I hope you've been compassionate and patient with yourself. And maybe some of the things that we've talked about today can be a little bit annoying. <laughs> and I know so, I was really annoyed when the guides gave me these five steps through my um, spiritual awakening because I knew there was a lot of work for me to do. And the relationships that I have now um, were worth every single second in the journey of trying to animate these five steps within my own life. And yeah, there are relationships that, like I said, some people are being as cruel as they can. And I've fully accepted that within certain people as well. And I just adjust how I deal with them, but I don't fracture off who I am while engaging with them. I show up for myself even while engaging with them because I cannot become something else to adjust to whatever nonsense they would have me adjust to. And, and I know that you have to deal with that too. And so it's this sort of prayer. Um, it's a prayer that can be animated through these five steps is let me be who I am especially the sensitives who can absolutely adjust to everybody's frequency. I mean, you can have different body mannerisms when you're around certain people because your, your clairsentience will have you mimic them. You can talk differently. Um, if they have a high voice, you'll all of a sudden have a high voice and it's, um, you're shape shifting into the energy that other people project. Um, I think it can be a coping mechanism. I think it's definitely because you're psychic sensitive and you mimic energy if you aren't fully grounded in who you are. Um, I think a lot of actors are psychic sensitives because um, it's easy for them. I took an acting class once and one of the first exercises was to try to cry and I'm not a big crier. And I got to look in this uh, beautiful young man's face and we had to stare at each other in the face and try to animate emotion. And that was not hard for me to do. <laughs> that was not hard for me to do. I showed up one day and I was able to do that. And I just understood it's because I am psychic and sensitive and I can feel what you're feeling. Even if you're pretend feeling, we can feel that too. You know, if we dare feel into a variety of emotions, the psychic, we can follow you there. So one of the reasons it's so important to create this spiritual intimacy with yourself is that you don't have to any longer adjust to other people's mm, animation or expectation or standards, you know, cause some people have very low standards that you will walk into and adjust to just to deal with the environment that doesn't feel very good either. That can take you sometimes a really long time to recover from. Um, being elevated is not something people struggle with as much as being dragged down and adjusting to that lower expectation behavior frequency. So it's just a really fascinating concept. Uh, and I would encourage you to take a look at these five steps and, you know, at a minimum, I invite you to think about the three top people in your life that you have spiritual intimacy with, um, that you could have spiritual intimacy with. If you could see it through this lens, do you have it? Could you have it? And above all, do you have it with yourself? So anyway, that's the end of this podcast. 
Um, as always, if you're interested in which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take that beautiful quiz I created for you, which Claire are you? And as always, uh, let me know on social media what Claire you got the what Claire you got. <laughs> so um, I'll talk to you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.